Amen. Joe, would you mind joining me for just a moment? We have a a special prayer request today, uh, and I felt it only appropriate to bring this up at this time. Uh, Joe has something that he would like to share, um, and I I just want to give you the opportunity to say what you need to, and we're going to stand in agreement with you. Okay, you notice that uh, Gail isn't here this morning. She's out in Denver, uh, where her daughter Simona and our son-in-law lives. Last Monday, we got a call. Simona had been in pain, has been in pain for a long, long, long time. And last Monday, she tried to get rid of all that pain in one fell swoop. She tried to commit suicide. Uh, When Darren got home, he found her totally unresponsive. He did CPR, called 911. They took her to the hospital, put her on a ventilator. She was stable, but not responsive. And uh, that's the way it was Monday. He called us, uh, it was Monday evening our time, it was middle of the afternoon there. On Tuesday morning, he got a call that she was actually responding to squeeze my hand, and then she started to come out. She'd say some things that were uh, lucid and some that weren't. And Tuesday afternoon, while we were getting ready, and Gail was, uh, we were packing to get her on a plane to get out to Denver, she called. And it was, oh, Mom, I am so sorry. Well, Gail got out there, and then Tuesday or Wednesday morning, they were finally, she was finally able to see her, and she had gone from, I'm so sorry, to bitter, mad, mad at the world, mad at Darren, mad at God, mad at everything, mad at the hospital. And Gail says, do you want me to leave? She says, no, no, I want you here. But it was one of those things. And then Thursday, they took her from the hospital and put her in a treatment center. Hopefully, where she is, I mean, she's got a lot of time to think about things now. And, and uh, hopefully, prayer. Prayer does work. Again, you have, to, you have to forgive to receive. Prayer does work. And all we ask for is prayer. Prayer for Gail. Prayer for Darren, her husband. Prayer for that marriage. They were just celebrated 16 years of marriage. And they were sweethearts years and years ago uh, after they both got out of high school and he got out of the Army. But he was a, a wild, wild thing. And uh, so they, they went their separate ways. And then uh, one day, Gail got a letter from Darren. It says, if you're the mother of Simona Carpenter, please call me. So Gail called Simona and says, I got a letter from Darren. What did he want? He says, Mom, she's, he's changed. He's accepted, he's accepted Christ. He's a different man, and he is. He's a wonderful uh, father to, child, to two children he had before. He's a wonderful husband. He's a good provider. And we ask for prayers for that marriage. Prayers for Gail, prayers for Simona, and prayers for Webster and I. Joe. Don't go too far, Joe. I want us to all pray together for your family here shortly. It's easy to come to church and think you're the only one with problems. It's easy to bring your yourself to church and you put on a smile and you fake it We used to say fake it till you make it, but you fake it because you think everyone around you has got their act together too. But the truth is, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, church is a hospital. Church is for the broken people. Church is for the broken marriages. Church is for 
dealing with addiction. Church is for that secret sin you have in your closet. Don't come to church and put on a smile like everything is okay. Come to church with an expectation that God is going to move in your life and that people are here and suffering just like you are. What did Eve do? And I'm going off from my message, but I'm coming right back. What did, what did Satan do to Eve? He separated her from her husband to talk about this apple. The devil will separate you from your friends, to separate you from your family, and make you feel like you're the only one with this thing going on in your life. But I'll tell you right now, we are here standing together. We're all hurt, but we all around you know that there is an author of our healing, and he is with us right now. Amen. Dear Lord, bind my tongue if the words that come out of my mouth are from me and not from you. As we dive into Scripture this morning, Please let every word that comes out of my mouth be a word that you've given to me. Lord, sometimes I have a way of mucking it up, but today more than any day here recently, we need to hear your word. In Jesus' name, the church said, amen. amen. A touch of housekeeping. Uh, I print my messages, my message notes out for anyone to take, to take home if they'd like. Uh, I ran out, we ran out uh, last for Mother's Day. There are some more here if you'd like them uh, as you're leaving. And then here are the notes for today. If I can't get to everything in the notes, I'd like for you to be able to take them home and study and allow the Lord to speak to you in the way that the Lord has spoken with me. So, as a man, as a father, I like to think that I have complete control. I can tell my wife what I'd like for dinner. I can tell my, bed, my kids when to go to bed. I can even, now we can even tell our television what we want to watch. We no longer wait on it to come on, but we tell it, we tell that programming when to come on. It's so easy in the modern world for us to take a look at things around us and feel like we have control over everything. Now notice I'm saying feel like we have control over everything because this next part is a kick in the stomach. What happens when something comes in our life and we don't have control over it? It's only natural that we get upset with ourselves. Why can't I fix this? Why is my wife, she's not, but why is my wife drinking all of this alcohol and acting crazy and, and hurting our children? By the way, she's not. This is just in a metaphor. Why am I addicted to pornography and why do I tell myself that I can quit whenever I want to, but I just don't want to right now? Why do my children fight so much? Why can't I stop my brother, uh, my, my daughter and son from bickering so much? Even worse, why can't I keep my relationship together? This one will hit home, and this comes from someone that's lost both his parents. What could I have done to keep my mom and dad alive? 
they were gone way too young and you uh, way too soon and you can't help but to think could I have just done something to change that so it's natural that we want to control the things around us when Joe when I heard of Joe and I talked to Joe I think it was Monday night and I heard that Simona had attempted suicide my first instinct was to get on my computer and start looking for tickets to go up north and fly and see and see what I could do like I have the audacity to go touch someone and they're going to be better but I wanted to in the inside of me I wanted to fly there and let her know that it was okay and I am there what do we do when that's not enough how do we deal with that when that's not enough and that's what I want to dive into this morning and I promise to do my absolute best to get you out before the Baptists go to lunch but this is I heard that but this is important this is important if you would turn with me to Psalm 46 10 46 10 I want to introduce a couple of words to you that you may have been thinking about wrong all along but let me preface that, by the way, by saying that self-help books don't work because sometimes our self can't be the ones that help us. Psalm 46, verse 10, he says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Now be still, initially, you might think, and thank you for that word of affirmation, that you know what be still means, and I'm willing to bet to an extent you do. We're going to dive into be still just a little bit more in just a minute. But first, let's explore this psalm just a little bit more. Now I'm going to read this a bit out of order to get my point across, but there's a reason. We're going to go to Psalm 46, stay in the same psalm. We're going to read verses 2 and 3. Don't look at 1 just yet. 2 and 3. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though the waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. This psalm, psalm almost in its entirety talks about things that are beyond our control. We can't stop a mountain we can't fix the water. It's very specific. But now let's go back and look at verse 1 where it says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Now I read this out of order to get my point across, but actually the Bible has a better point than I have. See, it, it's, it's very easy to think when we see our, you know, the superhero shows or the movies and there's a damsel in distress or the building's about to fall and Superman or super whatever flies in and saves this person at the last minute. It's easy to think that God is kind of on standby up there and we can call out to God and he will possibly swoop down and fix us or fix the things that we're dealing with. But that is the wrong line of thought and that's why this psalm starts with God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help and trouble. God is not 
up there somewhere waiting on you to call upon him like a bat signal. He's walking with us in every step of our life all the time, period, the end. We might feel absent away from God at times, but he is there. He's not waiting to be here when we're in trouble. He's already here. And I know for some of us, myself included, that's hard to wrap our minds around when, when such bad things happen. And I have a message prepared just for that, for another time. But know that God walks with us in our troubles. God walked with me when I couldn't make it to the hospital in time for my mom's passing. It was hard to deal with that. I was angry with the Lord. Why would you let that happen to my mother? I was just a child. My dad's passing was way too young. And all this mess about COVID, we thought we made it, but he didn't. It's human nature for us to say, where are you, God? And in the coming weeks, I want to prove that he is right there beside you. He's right there walking with us. Sometimes the healing we need is not the healing we ask for, and we have to trust that God has got us. As we go further, I want us to remember who our Father in heaven is. Scripture says, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. There's a reason for that. Let's revisit Psalm 46.10, all right? Let's focus on, he says, be still and know that I'm God. Be still. It's easy to look at it, look at, it at face value, be still. Whew. Let's take a breath and realize that God's in charge. But that's not what it means. It helps us, but that's not what it means. Be still, the original text in Hebrew is Rapha. The original text is Rapha. Rapha means stop striving, stop fighting, relax, surrender. This is not your battle. So what I say to you that may be dealing with an addiction, be still, Rafa, surrender. Someone that may have been sexually assaulted when they were a child or even still dealing with something right now, be still, Rafa, surrender. We are not too old to have problems. But the older we get, it seems like the more we want to have control over the things around us. And when we begin to lose control, everything begins to turn upside down. What I'm saying is stop it. Be still. Surrender. We have a few Marines and we know that as a Marine, you never surrender. Let's go against the grain of what nature teaches us when it comes to the things that we cannot fix ourselves. Sometimes we have to go to the Lord and say, God, I surrender to you. I don't know how to fix it. Sometimes I won't even know what the problem is, but there's something that I need to surrender to you. And don't raise your hands just yet, but think about it. Is there something in your life that you're having trouble letting go of?
Is there something binding you up that you need to say to the Lord, I surrender? I'm willing to bet there is. Be still is a comfort given to us by the Lord. He's telling us that we can rest. He's telling us that when the storm comes, it's okay. But you know, be still is for us, but it's also something that speaks to our afflictions. And I want to give you confirmation through Scripture that be still talks to us, but the Lord also uses be still to issue commandments to things out of our control. Please turn to the book of Mark. We're going to go to Mark chapter 4, and we're going to start at 35. We all know this story, but do we really know this story? What I love about Scripture, and when we open up and we take the time to shut out the noise in our lives and really listen to what God is saying, not for the sake of reading and getting done with your devotional, but for the sake of reading for the Holy Spirit to fill you with his knowledge. Mark four thirty-five. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side, leaving the crowd behind. They took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up. A furious storm came up. And the waves broke over the boat, spilling over the top And the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. It was nearly overtaken. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Why are you sleeping? He got up. He rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Other translations say peace be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. Be still, Rafa, surrender. God tells us to surrender our pains to him. Jesus goes to the pain and he says, surrender because he is mine. Be still is a place of comfort, but be still is also a commandment for the afflictions over us. We have storms in our life that we cannot break down ourselves, and God is on one side saying, peace, be still, my child. Jesus is on the other side to your storm saying, shut up. Be still. Be still, urge to watch the things you shouldn't be watching. Be still, sickness. Be still, cancer. Praise God for that praise report. And I can't say it just yet, but we're going to have another praise report in a week. I feel it in my spirit. God says, be still to us. Jesus says, be still to our enemies or to the things that will hurt us. Amen? Now let's keep reading, and then we're going to hop back to what Jesus said. But 
Verse 40, he said to the disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and they asked each other, who is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Now there's more than meets the eye here. And I want to summarize this story and we all know it, but for those of you that may not, Jesus was was tired. Can Jesus get tired? Yes. He's walking around in flesh. His spirit is stronger than his body. We see that at the cross. Jesus is tired. He's exhausted. For this past period of time, he's been performing miracles. He's been talking to the masses. He just left the masses to go to the other side. Jesus wanted to rest. They woke him up. And I like to think that Jesus was annoyed a little bit. Matter of fact, I'm, I'm fairly positive that he was annoyed. How many have been woken up from a nap before? Okay. So let, let's go back to that scripture in verse 39. And just focus on those two words. Be still. But notice there's an exclamation point around be still. Now, Does Jesus need to shout like I can do sometimes to make the storm listen? Is Jesus not, is is he powerful, but is his power limited to where he has to say, quiet, be still? Or is Jesus strong enough that he could say it with just a whisper, peace, be still? And it's the latter. I hope you all know that Jesus doesn't have to shout at anything to make it happen. Jesus will say it, and it does. Okay? But if that's the case, then why the emphasis? Why this punctuation? Why this exclamation point? I think that Jesus was talking a bit out of annoyance, but I think Jesus was talking to both the storm and his disciples. And it actually is there to help us because we see this. We see that even though the disciples that are walking with Jesus and bearing witness to miracles are struggling with their faith, that kind of gives us a little bit of comfort too, right? When we don't quite have enough faith that God's going to take things over. And we all say that to ourselves. Don't, don't lie to yourself and say you have complete trust in God and then there are some things you feel like you have to give that little push to make it happen. It's comforting to know that even the disciples that walked arm to arm with Jesus still had trouble with their faith. That tells us that it's okay when our faith falters. God will stand in that gap And I want to close a little bit with a challenge. And I want to challenge you to consider something. And this will go into what I want to share next week. Next week, I'm going to talk about healing. But I want to give you a little bit of a tease of that right now. I challenge you to consider that the amount of our healing in our life is directly equivalent to the amount of faith we have. How much are we willing to surrender? 
Now, I want to do something a little unorthodox for this group, but it's important. God commands us to do this. Okay? Let me finish my thought. God, the faith that we have is proportionate to the healing that we get. We see this with Peter when Jesus is walking towards them. This is another story. And Peter, and Jesus tells Peter to come here. Come to me. Peter steps out of the boat and he steps onto the water and he begins walking on the water just like Jesus did. But then he saw as he's walking, even though there's proof that faith is working, there's things that he's seeing. He's starting to realize that, oh my, I'm on water. And he begins to sink. He begins to go under. It doesn't say that he falls under and drowns right away, right away but his faith is beginning to falter and his miracle is beginning to diminish. Think about that this week. Pray about that this week. Now, I want to do something a little bit unorthodox. Joe, will you come join me up front? You have any idea if Gail's watching service today? Okay. Uh, can I have as little or as many men that are brave enough to do this, can I have the men come join me? What we're going to do is we're going to lay our hands on Joe. And I hope Gail's watching. Right? Because God's healing is not limited to the amount of space we surround ourselves with godly men. And if we can in the back, if we can in the back, the camera's there, if we can widen that shot up to kind of see as many people as we can. And everyone that's left, if you're able to, and only if you believe this will help, we're going to believe that Gail is watching right now and hopefully getting to show some of this to her daughter. Maybe not, I know she's in a facility. But for those that believe in a healing for Joe's family, for Gail, for Simona, for Darren, would you stand up in agreement with us today? If you can. And I hope the camera can see it. We have a unified church. We have a group of people, a group of men surrounding this man that is coming to the altar for prayer. And Phyllis, would you please come bless us with your talents? Lord, we come to you today and we stand shoulder to shoulder with Joe. We will not let the enemy take away our children. We will not let the enemy hurt this lady anymore. Where Simona may be weak and suffering and not have the faith to call upon you. May our faith overshadow her disbelief. May our faith heal her mind, mend the fractures together. May our faith stand together as we stand in one, as we are the body of Christ. And if Peter can walk on water, we can lay our hands among our brother and we could command a healing down under the authority of Jesus Christ. There is not a seat being pressed down in this house because this church, this body here is standing in agreement of healing, Lord. And Lord, we ask right now 
that this healing start with Simona and begin to ease peace for Gail. I could only imagine how a mom feels right now when hearing that your daughter is in the hospital and we don't know if she's going to make it. The, the peace that we need, God, as Gail refuses to read a suicide night note that was left because that is not her daughter speaking. That is the enemy. In Jesus' name, we ask for peace for Gail. In Jesus' name, we ask for grace for Simona. In Jesus' name, we ask for an understanding with Darren. And Lord, hold him up as he stands firm for his family. It is not your will that we break apart, Lord. It's your will that we become whole. We know scripture says the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus has come to give life. We stand in agreement with Joe, Lord. And as Joe is a conduit to this prayer right now, Lord, we also ask for Joe as he comforts his wife, as he is staying home alone right now and standing in prayer for the stability and the strength of this family, we pray for Joe right now. In Jesus' mighty name, we come to you expecting a healing because you promised it to us. We're not in the bargaining business, Lord. We're in the surrendering business. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name, thank you. Amen. Before we all go to our seats, and men, you're welcome to go towards your seats if you want, but Joe is not the only person struggling with something right now. And I want to take as much time as it, as it takes. And once, once, our, once our friends, once our men get to our seats, I don't want to put anybody on the spot. So when you get to your seat, come look forward. Don't look behind you. And if you're towards the back, please close your eyes for just a minute. Because we don't want to call anyone out, though there is no judgment in this house. If I could tell you the things that I did on the, on, in, in this life, I probably wouldn't be qualified to be speaking to you today, but I'm qualified because of the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. So if you're dealing with something right now, with every eye closed that can do it, if you're dealing with something and you're struggling to surrender right now, no one can see you but me. If you're having trouble surrendering, would you please raise your hand up for me? Raise your hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Okay. I see that hand. Thank you, Lord. You're welcome to put your hands down. Lord, I want to pray for you and not put you on the spot, but know this altar is open. And if you come to this altar, I'm going to touch you. And I'm going to put my hand on you and I'm going to pray for you. But God is strong enough to come to you as, as you are in your seat. But again, think about this. Don't raise your hand, but think about this clearly. If you are dealing with something in your life that you don't think you're big enough to fix on your own, say this prayer with me. If you're dealing with any form of addiction, 
And, and by the way, I'm not reading anyone's mail, but I say it from experience to people I've counseled over the years, you are not too old to be addicted to pornography. Okay? It happens. We are in a fallen world. The enemy is there constantly in our ear, and he's saying, it's okay, it's not, you're not hurting anybody. If you're dealing with unforgiveness from being assaulted by someone of the opposite sex or someone of the same sex, if that has hurt you, if that's been in your heart and you're having a hard time surrendering, this prayer is for you. Now, right now, there are a lot of people around you that love you more than they could ever say. But right now, if you feel the need, come on up to the altar and take a knee. Okay? You're welcome to do that. If you feel that need, come here. And I like to think you've got the front row to God right now. Because I can tell you right now, the devil is not in the bar rooms on Saturday. He's already got his finger on you. The devil is not with you at home when you're thinking about ending your life or you're thinking about hurting someone or you're thinking about if this addiction is for me or not. He's not there because he's already got his finger on you. The devil is right here walking among believers that are trying to get better and he's grabbing you by the arm and he's saying you can't do it. Give up, surrender. Ooh, the enemy says surrender to your will or surrender to these things in you that are making you do these things. I'm here to tell you that surrendering is what we want to do, but we surrender to the authority of Jesus. We surrender to the authority of Jesus. Now, I want to say this prayer as we close, and I do think we have enough time for our closing song. And I'm very sorry for those of you that are hungry, but this is important. You are important. You've not done something so bad that there's not forgiveness. In Jesus' name, I pray over everyone that's raised their hand, and I pray for the few that may not have raised their hands but are screaming in their heads right now that I need to surrender this in my life. I need to forgive people that have hurt me. I need to understand, Lord, that my family may have been taken from me too soon. And God, I deal with that still today. We need to surrender. In the mighty name of Jesus, we call upon you to help us let go. Help us let go in Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name. Dear Lord, I pray for my brother here. I don't know what he's going through, but you do, and that's all that matters. I pray, Lord, that this gets released. In Jesus' name, God is not the author of destruction. The enemy likes to make us think that, but he's not. Lord, and we want to study you long enough to really understand that you are a God of healing and a God of restoration. In Jesus' name, I stand behind my brother and my sister here. Say this to yourselves, guys. If you're dealing with this, we need your help surrendering. In Jesus' name, we can't do it by ourselves, but we can do it through you.
In Jesus' name, please be with my sister as she deals with this. Please be with my brother here. In Jesus' name. If you're there thinking right now that it's too much, I want to tell you right now that it's not, and I know that the Lord is speaking to you. Right now, I can feel it in my spirit. Right now, we're walking in the cool of the day with the Lord. He's dealing with us right now. Even those that didn't come up, even those that are dealing with it, where they sit, He's walking with us right now. Breathe him in. Take that in. In Jesus' name, healing is right around the corner. Our healing is directly equivalent to our faith. So let's share that today. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Would our praise team come up? And we're going to close. You're welcome to stay at the altar as long as you want. Let's hear this closing song in Jesus' name.